All right, well, welcome to another episode of Grow With The Bros. Today, we have our Director of Operations, Brandon Chaccio, talking about one of my personal favorite subjects, replaceable to be promotable. So welcome, appreciate you coming on today. I'm excited to be here, guys. Uh, let me start this off by saying uh, I love the show, right? Big fan. Big fan, <laughs> longtime listener, first time guest. There so, we go. I couldn't be more and excited. And not the last time. Home. Love it. So today we're going to cover uh, becoming replaceable to be promotable, systemization and talent management, business operations, which you love, recruiting strategies, support systems, operations management, and then, you know, your personal and professional journey. We want to hear how the heck you got to where you are and love how it. other people can kind of follow something similar. Yeah, I'm here for it. All right. Well, thanks again. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So before we hop right in, this whole idea of um, becoming replaceable to be promotable, I want to give credit where credit is due. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I was interviewing people and one of the applicants actually, we were talking about, you know, my philosophy and his philosophy around, you know, working your way up. And he framed it perfect. He said, it comes down to you have to be replaceable to be promotable. I wish I thought of it, but I definitely want to make it. We use it all the time. So I appreciate that. But that has just resonated so much with me, with our journey, with my brother's journey. Um, and it's something that we were doing and didn't know exactly what we were doing. Uh, it seems like you're a lot smarter than we were and you're doing it a lot faster. So we'd love to uh, kind of have you open it up and talk about this becoming replaceable to be promotable concept and the impact it's had for you. Yeah, absolutely. What a great term. Uh, honestly, that they came up with that sentence. It, it captures what I think a lot of successful people do and understand, right? So you have to be replaceable to be promotable. If I'm looking at that, I'm thinking we have to break it down into two separate things, right? And I think first thing is like that promotable mindset that people have to have. So for me, it was always very much of like, I want more, I'm going to do more, I'm going to go achieve more, right? Now, one of the things you have to get over is that mindset of, I need to be the only one that can do this because mm -hmm. then I'm indispensable. My company can't get rid of me and I have job security. So I know quite a few people with that mindset and it works, you know, but then you guarantee that you're hitting that ceiling and there's nowhere else to go. Um, I think the other thing people have to get over is the fear of people who maybe they're managing or leading or they're over uh, outshining you. That's another mm. thing I see way too often in companies is like people are like, I'm going to keep them down because they can't look better than me. My mentality was very much always driven by the fact of I want more. I believe in myself. I'm going to bet on myself. Even coming here and joining this company was a huge bet on myself. You know, I switched industries. I came here. I did take a pay cut at the time. But, you know, what you guys were doing here seemed really magical and I wanted in on it. So I think that that's huge for like that promotable mindset, especially in terms of like, I didn't just sit back and wait for you guys to give me things. Right. This was like it's another true. thing. All right. It was the beginning of or not the beginning of COVID, but I'm coming up on three years. So it was like 2021, January. And I came in here and I knew, OK, I'm hired to help build out this um onboarding division, right? We're going to launch a ton of locations. We need to make sure that that division is super tight and ready to go. That's what I'm here for. But I never stopped at just that. I sat there with my Bane mask for that like a month best. in, right? Like I'm going to conquer this company. You know? <laughs> and I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking like, what can I pitch? What can I pitch? What can I pitch? So while I was building that, I still always was coming up and pitching ideas to you guys. Yep. I think another key thing for me and something that I've always adapted is when someone's like, who wants to run point on this project? Or, hey, who wants to take lead? Uh, do you have an interest? I don't know if you remember, Ryan. I, I said yes to everything. It's true. You know, so that was very much a key thing to me, too, was like I was always there and I'm always going to say yes and take on more for two reasons. One, it makes me look good. It will yeah. make you as an employee willing to take on. I never asked for raises. Mm -hmm. And if that's a fact where you're taking on more and you don't get raises and things, you need to reevaluate the company you're currently with. So I understood, like, I wanted to take on more. I wanted to show how good I was or how much I believed in myself. But then I also, um, I wanted to make sure that I was learning a new skill. Mm. So that was always like an, another motive. And I'll always say this to people out there too, listening is like, I, even if I didn't know how to do something, I was taking it on because it was going to force me to learn it. 
And then I had another skill in my repertoire that whether I ended up being at this company at the long run or not, I had something else I could take and make myself more valuable if I felt that this company wasn't appreciating me, which I know we do a phenomenal job at appreciation here, but those were kind of always the mindset, right? Is like, I'm going to take on more. I'm going to learn as much as possible. And if the leadership does what they're supposed to do, I shouldn't have to worry about making more money or things like that. So um, that's, I think, like a very key part to all this is the promotable part. What I see the best, like, I love it. Like, you don't have to be at the top of an org chart to be a leader. Some of the best leaders I've seen were, you know, down at the bottom of the org chart. It's It's more who you are. It's how you carry yourself and how you present yourself. There's a book. It says that uh, the book uh, title is you don't need a title to be a leader. Yeah, that's a great Um, title. And I read that a long time ago. um, And it really hit home with me because speaking to what you were saying, um, one of the things that I heard in there was, you know, if you don't have the kind of mindset that you're talking about, uh, then there's a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you have a lack of trust in business, it slows things down. Uh, because now the team isn't working uh, with a mentality of abundance, right? right? And when you when you come from an abundant mentality, which is very foreign, I think, in the world of business, uh, and that's why people hold their cards close and don't want to, you know, tell too much or do too much. Uh, but I also think that that comes from the leadership too, you know. So if you don't have leadership that's giving people the the mindset to uh, bring more value and learn more skills and do that. I think that can negatively impact things. What do you think on on that? I I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, in the end, to me, like leadership is like, it's all people skills to me. And and to me personally, it's like emphasis or, um, or not emphasis, sorry, like uh, emotional intelligence, you know, like that's what it's about. It's about giving your people the shot to do this. It's wanting them to grow, right? As a leader, you can either keep people down or keep the status quo, or you can want them to flourish and nurture them and make them better. Like that's what the best leaders do. So yeah, if the trust isn't there, you have nothing. And in the end, you know, I love that our team will go at each other, right? We'll have conflict. We'll sit there and debate things out, but it's Mm -hmm. always respectful and it's always trustful. And that's like the most important thing. So yeah, like that's one of the reasons I love this company is that the future is out there. It's open, go grab it. But I always pay attention, even at previous companies, like who's asking for more, who's doing more. I will like, even if, even if you've never done this before, I'm the person that'll give you a shot to run it because I think that's important. You know, the the knowing, everyone has the know. It's just the people that do. It's and true. so, you know, that's more what I look for in people. I'm not worried if someone doesn't have experience in this because you can figure that part out. All the knowledge you need is out there. But are you willing to do it? Yeah. Like, there's not too many know. people in the gutter world that have experience at this level of, of the gutter world. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So absolutely. You know, I, th- I think, you know, spot on better than a lot of people out there just based Man. on how this company is built. So you said a lot in there. I mean, I it. I mean, we could not cover any of the other topics today and just unpack a little bit of what you said. One of the things that, um, that you said, you say yes to almost everything. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that there becomes a tipping point, right? So you get hired for a job. Your job was to onboard people and we were bringing on a lot. Mm -hmm. So just doing the job at the time was a full-time job. It was. So every time you say yes to something else, you run the risk of actually dropping a ball, right? Because yeah, Ryan, I'll take care of that. All of a sudden you might be saying yes to things outside of your job description, which you get evaluated on. And let's say something starts going poorly like, oh, what the heck's going on with Brandon? Like he didn't do the thing. And you know, it, it affects everything. Yeah. Did you ever find that you got to a point where you're like, oh crap, like I'm, I shouldn't really say yes to anything else at this point because I'm getting spread thin. And what do you, is that like the cusp of promotion? I mean, what is that like? Cause I think people get used to saying no. Right. They're like, nope, not my job, not mm-hmm. my job. But you say yes enough, but it, at what point does that teeter? Yeah, well, I think once, if you feel like your core duties or like your responsibilities are starting to suffer, then you can't say yes anymore, you know? So that's, that's you hit the ball right in the head. Like I have this job description. I have these KPIs. I have these goals that I'm responsible for. That must never suffer if I'm looking to grow and go on. So where it comes into place is then properly putting together and pitching the need for a promotion or for to have more people in to do our job. And that's where the replaceable 
aspect yeah. kind of comes into play, right? Is is what the thought process is behind that. So I could talk about the replaceable piece if you want now. Yeah, because I mean, so I remember behind the scenes, mm-hmm. we interviewed you, we interviewed other people, and like your capacity seemed ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, almost to the point like, why is he taking this job? Right. Like he's capable of a lot more. And it almost cost you the job. You know, was like, I, I just think he's, you know, we're going to put all this effort into him and he's going to want to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and my thought was, what a what better person to build that department? And hopefully he is everything yeah. because if we're going to have a somebody who onboards where eventually it's going to be a department, I didn't see as far as you've made it mm. for you yet. I mean, it was early on, but I knew you had capacity. Yeah. So it was very funny that behind closed doors, when somebody is applying for a job that they're overqualified for, as even directors, as owners, sometimes are like, I mean, do we, I mean, what if they don't stay? Yeah. And it's like amazing, like how we couldn't have been more wrong if we went the other way. We were so mm-hmm. right to go that way. But I wonder how many people like look at that and feel like, well, this is just going to be a stop until they find something yeah. that more suits them. And I, I mean, that's always a, ve- a real possibility too. And yeah. I understand the, the fear of the overqualified person, um, you know, but if they're there and they're applying to your job, I didn't need a job at that point. I had a great job. I had good job offers. I saw something special here after talking with Gabby and talking with you. You know, it was the whole selling me on this place. And that's so important in recruiting. I'm sure we'll get into that. But it it was more like if someone's willing to do that, I mean, I've hired a couple people here now, you know, who came from much bigger company, who came from that background. But it, it was the selling on how important our culture is, how important mm-hmm. you're going to be here. And then more importantly, the delivery on it once they oh, yeah. decided to come on board, right? Oh yeah. You reminded me, there's going to be some fun stuff to talk about in recruiting yeah, uh, for awesome. sure. No. So um, I, again, to me, I understand if people are overqualified or what your thoughts are. I do think there is some head trash to that though, too, in terms of like, if they're applying, if they want to be there, I mean, cause it got to the point with me where I was like, do they not want me almost? Cause there was like several calls about this. And I was just like, I, you know, from my point of view, I was like, I don't think they want to hire me. I go, but I really want to work here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it was kind of a, I think we have to get over that mentality. I think if, if you hire someone, prove your company to them and yeah. then, you know, give them a path to. That's and that's something that Ken thing. has always been awesome at. Like yeah. I remember, I mean, we didn't even have a company yeah. and he would tell someone who had a good job you should come work here. And I'm sitting there going, I hope they yeah. can sell enough gutter. Yeah. yeah you know, like, right. and I'm where, and he always believed in what we were doing mm-hmm. like that. This is the best opportunity out there. So when I realized back in 2007 and a half, when we were going through the hit, the great recession was starting to begin. Um, and I, I learned a lot about like the, 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 uh, franchise way of doing business. Right. Um, I didn't know hardly anything about franchising, but there, I, I had learned enough about it to know that, you know, that's the direction that I want to head in because what had happened was, is we lost a really good person yeah. uh, because we didn't have an opportunity because they had hit a ceiling and we hadn't created an opportunity yet within brothers, just two gutters for that person to be retained and stay. Yeah. Um, so there was no place to be promoted. Yeah. Um, and, and I wanted to be replaced You know, I wanted to keep growing this thing. And I knew that if we continued doing the corporate model that we were doing, that that wasn't the way. Mm -hmm. And and that's when franchising and everything, that's when the whole idea of, hey, we got to franchise this thing. And and everybody else is like, what do you mean? We got to franchise this thing. And uh, but but I knew that franchising was about that. It, It was about being able to have repeatable processes within the business so that people can get promoted and can move up and it grows because you have uh, people who have skin in the game and the business model, uh, which makes them to be more incentivized. And it just went along with that whole team collaborative approach to doing business instead of everything flowing up to Ryan and I, yeah. uh, corporate uh, business model. Um, so that really was a big change um, for me in my mindset that I don't want, I don't want to ever lose a guy. And that guy was Peter Wando. Okay. So a great franchisee though. You've great yeah. franchisee. So that's so, full circle. You know, yeah, yeah. So when you, when you go back to what we were talking about trust and an abundance mentality and uh, stepping to the side uh, because you've grown and scaled the business in the franchise 
business model mm -hmm. when done right. Um, you create opportunity for this whole replaceable to be promotable thing to actually uh, manifest itself. Where a lot of people who are stuck with a, uh, a business that, you know, maybe they're the owner, operator, installer, or whatever, it doesn't mean just gutters, any kind of business. Yeah. Um, it's hard for people to have that kind of uh, vision. Um, and, and, and it's hard for an owner to cascade that kind of vision if you're not heading in that direction, right? So maybe you could speak a little bit to that is, you know, cascading vision. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. So um, it's incredibly important. Like I said, especially in today's world, the, the pandemic changed everything in terms of like how we must operate when it comes to people. Right. Like I hear a lot like they're, they're, the companies no longer hold all the cards. You know, now people will work at your company for a couple of years and leave. I don't have a problem with that because, like I said, this goes back to if we do hire a rock star, that if someone's here six months and they have a massive impact and they make a department of ours much better mm -hmm. and we build some awesome systems around it, I'm good with that. Yeah. Since I've been here, when I look at our marketing, I look at operations, I look at support, we've had one person voluntarily leave this company in three years. That's wild. That's crazy. One person leave and I told her, I'm not even saying goodbye. I'm going to say so long because I'm going to see you again. <laughs> and what happened? We saw her again. We saw her again and she's back here. <laughs> uh, I can't fault her for the reason of leaving because there yeah, was extenuating circumstances. Yeah. But the minute that we had like an opportunity, she was like, I want back. I want back. You know, so. Um, it's awesome. Those days are all gone. You need to cascade vision now. I need to sell you in that interview process. Because nowadays it's like a college football team recruiting a five-star quarterback. You know, we've we've now you don't own all you don't hold all the cards. There's literally yeah. things especially with the NIL money. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. But let's let's hop into recruiting. This is yeah. so. Here's a crazy thing, and I'll mm -hmm. I'll kind of divulge a little bit of info. Hopefully, it doesn't backfire. But when you interview people, you're able to get them to work here for possibly less than they're already making. Yeah. When other people interview, they come back and say, you know what? We're going to add another five grand or they have this benefit over here or that or this. It's so funny how you have the ability to get people to come in, you know, for possibly less money, maybe not as good of a benefits package where other directors or managers or other people listening to this podcast, they get in their head that it's all about money. Mm -hmm. It's about, oh, well, they get a 75% contribution to their healthcare a month. And we might lose applicants to a, the same company, no yeah. less. Like yeah. it's still the same company, but why is it that you're able to not only, and it'd be one thing if we tricked them, then we'd see turnover, right? Yeah, right. Man, I, I said, we're this awesome company and they found mm -hmm. out we're not, then they would be gone. Yeah. Right. So what is it? Let's, let's hop over to in, into recruiting and you talked about cascading vision, but what else is yeah. it? Uh, so it's, it's, knowing who people are. And it's really, I think it comes back to that emotional intelligence aspect of understanding how people want to be treated. Likeability. I, I tell people all the time, the likability skill is going to take you further in life than anything, almost any other skill will. Unless you're going to be like a doctor or something like that, maybe. So just sitting across you from know. someone that you like. Yes, that's yeah. key. And that's on me understanding, I want you on my team. Gone are the days, again, with the post-pandemic shift, you get all these things like people are lazier or post-pandemic. It's like, no. They just had their heads down and they worked for a hundred years and the pandemic gave them a break and they were able to go, Oh, I enjoy life. Like this is, <laughs> I want more of this. And so saying that people are lazy is a cop out to companies say that it's a cop out. Yeah. We need to just change who we are. So I understand what's important to someone. I listen to them. I know now it is no longer tell me why you need to join my company. It is very much a, I'm going to over, I'm going to flood you with so many amazing things and tell you why you need to join our company and come work here. You know, so it is very much driven on culture. Look, I can't pay you. I've said this to three or four people I've hired. I can't pay you what you're asking. And uh, honestly, I know you're worth every penny. I believe that it's not on the cards right now, but here's where I can promise you every day you come here, you'll never be more appreciated than you will at this company. You know, when you're here, we focus so hard on culture. We want people to be happy here. Like, yeah, we can let people work hybrid and stuff, but there's a lot of times where we allow people to work hybrid and all of a sudden they're here five days a week. It's true. You know, so we hold our culture in such high regard that that's what it ends up being about. I'm listening to you. I know what you want. I'm going to tell you in this how we're going to give this to you. There will be a path for you to make more. 
I see you going this route. And then it's once they're here, it's daily selling that to them, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm curious about. How do you deliver that? Um, and And I know we play a part in that, but really I think companies are a lot like applicants. Yeah. You know, we lie in the interview. Yeah. You know, oh, applicants like, oh, they said they can do all this. And then I hired them and they can't. It's like, well, how often are they saying that about us as a company? Hopefully not us. But if you're listening, like you can say all that stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, how are you in your department delivering that? Because we're going to make sure that we deliver on everything that's promised to you. So this to, to get into more granular, it is like a company's promise you the world and Billy give you a blade of grass. We can never be that company. So if I'm sitting here and I'm telling you that there's area for opportunity or that you will never be more appreciated than you will be here, right? So I make sure almost every day I have a post-it note on my um, on my desk. It says detailed positive feedback. I think it's called the Tristan method. Um, yes, it is. People hold that in high regard. People want to know they're doing a good job. So I make it a point, even if I'm getting up for a coffee or I'm doing something, I'm going to swing by one of the people I oversee and I'm going to give them detailed, positive feedback. Give me an example. Okay. Carolyn. Yep. Awesome onboarder of ours. Just before she left here, she works remote now. She's still part of the family. But I just went up to her and I was like, Carolyn, like, I just wanted to let you know how grateful I am that you're part of this team. Because I know, because I know your job isn't easy, especially because I was the one that like built the department. I was like, I know what you have to go through. I go, and you have to deal with all these different people all these different human beings, these personalities, and some people aren't the nicest people. Now they're going through onboarding. They're trying to start a business. They're stressed out. That's the other thing we all need to understand, right? Mm -hmm. People are stressed out. But I go, but at this point, you've never come across someone, even when someone got disrespectful or anything, that you never got across the finish line and you never launched. And I want you to think about how many businesses you've affected, how many lives you've affected of owners, of the people they've hired. I was like, that was so much to do with you. And she started crying and she's Aww. like, can I give you a hug? Hope I'm not putting her on blast here. But <laughs> her and I are both Italian. We both get the waterworks going, you know? But uh, yeah, she was like, I needed to hear that today. Can I give you a hug? And I was like, I'm not going to turn that down, you know? That's but awesome. that's what I mean. Like, it's so important. So specific. That's, yes. I'm not just I, saying, I hey, we, you're doing a killer job. It's, yeah. That means nothing to people. It's the details that you talk about, Hey, the way that you worked with this person to get this across the finish, like that was like amazing. And I saw the emails you sent, like, you know, I'll even talk to, you know, the email language is so important. And the way we talk with our franchisees is so important that if I see someone talk in a phenomenal way, right. And they did everything they're supposed to from the emotional intelligence standpoint, pull them aside, dude, I was on that email chain. I saw what you wrote. Beautiful. You know, like the, the way you handled that, cause they wrote a very unhappy email. The way you went back at it, like it was just seeing it was inspiring because it does inspire me. Awesome. So that's more like that's the detail, positive feedback. And if I talk about your vision, I have to have a vision for you. I have to have a vision for someone and I need to cascade that to where I see them going. Mm. So it's super important that we like invest in our people. That's Mm. another huge thing here, right? I think it was maybe Henry Ford. uh, I'd rather invest in my people and they leave than not invest in them and they stay. That's a quote. I could be miscontributing who it was too, but um, that's always at the forefront of my mind too for my people. I look at them. We do our one-to-ones. I'm like, this is where you're absolutely crushing it and we're going to make you even better there. Right. So this is where your areas of opportunity to be better are. So, you know what, here's a course, here's a book you're going to read. And then in your next meeting, we're going to talk about the book, you know, and it's more being a leader is a, is a gift and it's an honor. And I need to make sure that I'm helping them flourish and Mm. I'm nurturing them to go and truly achieve what they want. Cause if we don't, and we don't deliver on what we promise, they're going to leave. And that's where companies see. Well, that's what we see that in a lot of companies, right? We see it within our own company. You see it with business owners that are successful. Uh, they're usually successful in the things that we just discussed, Mm -hmm. especially cascading vision, not just to the company as a whole. And Hey, this is what our goal is for the year, but cascading vision down to the level between them and the individual. Right. Uh, And I, I see that as a, as either you're going to be a successful business owner or you're not, if you can't do that, well, then you're probably not going to be successful. Certainly not going to be able to scale a business because you have to be able to speak life. Yeah. is cascading vision is speaking life yeah. into people yeah, right that. and there's yeah. it's something that they may not have even um 
realize about themselves mm-hmm. usually is what it is. It's it's beyond their mindset and where their mindset currently is. But you're speaking that vision and life into them, gives them the motivation and inspiration to get fired up and to be like, wow, this person really does care for me. And there is an opportunity for me here, whether it's in your department or whether it's a franchisee who has learned that from us Mm -hmm. or you own any kind of business out there, you got to be able to speak life into people because if you don't, the the business is going to die. Yeah. Right. I love that. It's going to. I love right? that. Speak life into people. That's it. That's awesome. Very good. Yeah. And he's, I mean, no better than Ken. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen it firsthand and, yeah. and you know, your vision is. Sometimes I get insane. mad at him because he speaks vision into someone the day they yeah. get a promotion. I'm like, come on, yeah. let him settle into the job. Yeah. He's like, no, yeah. we got to yeah. give him the next thing. So and, he's, and he's right. It's yeah. funny. My wife gets mad at me too. She, so <laughs> I'll give you an example. Like, so when we started Brothers Gutters, Tyler, Texas with my son, uh, Hunter, uh, we had Allie Hernandez who came on board as a oh, as a yeah. thirty hour a week. Mm-hmm. You know, got kids at home. Allie could do this, and yeah. you know, yeah. you know. And we've seen so many people like that that started out just part time. Yeah. And you know, six months in, I'm just like, all right, I can't take it anymore because you know, I already I see like 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 it's almost prophetic to me. Like like I see, I look at the person, I get to know who they are, and then I just see what yeah. they can be. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, yeah. that's what I do. And, and then I, I, I say it yeah. and my wife's like, man, you shouldn't have said that yet. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, how do you know that she yeah. could be a general manager from a yeah. part-time back office admin? Yeah. Because I know, yeah. right. Cause that's my gift, right? I know when I see something in people and it doesn't mean that, you know, just because I speak something over somebody, they have to really go and do the work of the work to get to the place mm-hmm. well, that's, in yeah. that vision, because I've done that before with people and for whatever reason, it could be a behavioral issues that they have that they just can't overcome, whatever. And then it doesn't quite manifest the way that I envisioned it to. Yeah. It could have. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't always work. But, you know, what is the, if we don't speak that into people and we have this, whatever, I don't know what you would call it, um, intuition. Yeah. Um, then, you know, what are the consequences going to be? Uh, not just for your business, but also the opportunity that that is now you've, you've like planted the seed. Yeah. And now, you know, you as the leader need to water it, but they're the ones that need to make it grow right. rather than side of themselves. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's important is, and that's where you see true growth is when you continue to do that into people's lives and you see it. But if you hold it back, the, the the growth gets uh, stifled. And, oh yeah, and, stopped, yeah, and it heads in a you know in a in a in a in a direction that you know you don't want your business to go in, and that's you know now now you're camping out on that cliff of complacency that I yeah. talk about, mm-hmm. and 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 then that's now good because then you end up you know rolling down the hill eventually. Yeah, like at the end of the day, like, and I do say this to my people as well. Um, here's your shot. This, this is, is your it. shot. Make no mistake about it. Like the reason I'm not worried about someone outshining me or the unknown is scary when people are like, oh, you're going to get promoted. You're going to, it's because it's on me at that point. So yeah, you know what? Like as a leadership, it is always very important to me to plant the seed and to nurture them because it sucks working for someone like a leader that doesn't care or that doesn't have your best interest. I always know by the time we're done, even if you're not under me forever, I want you to look back and be like, you know what? Like Brandon really cared. And he actually yep. went above and beyond. And I get text messages from our people like that are like, thank you for caring. Like, and thank That's you. Awesome. Like no one's ever done this for me. So we have to do that, but then make no mistake on it. People will either go out and get it or they won't. And that comes back to the throwing versus doing. So it's I can't true. do it all for you. But what I'm going to do is tell you where I think you're brilliant and help you get even more brilliant. I'm going to tell you your areas where I think you need to be better and I'm going to assign you learning, reading, things like that to get better in that area. That's and awesome. I will give you the shot. I will bring you to the door. I promise you that. <laughs> and then you got to walk through the door. I can't walk through the door for you. But, you know, so I think a lot of it comes to that. A lot of it just comes to giving your employees a voice Yeah. for them to genuinely feel like they are heard. Right. Human beings, we're genetically, I'm going to listen to respond. So we knew things like they wanted like health benefits and stuff. Right. Like that was like a big thing where his employees mentioned that several times. So what did we do? And we even knew as a company, like it's hard to build a health plan, but we did it. And we brought in Shannon, who was amazing. We brought in Tina, Danny. We all got together and we made this happen. You know, so again, that's something to where 
I'm going to deliver and I'm going to listen to you enough and I'm going to deliver on whatever I can. Can I do everything? No. But if I can't deliver it, I'm going to tell you why yeah. I can't deliver. I'm not going to leave you out in a limbo. That's another thing that I think happens way too often is people just, there's like the communication lacks and mm -hmm. you're not telling them why we're doing this. Yeah. So, you know what? I can't do that right now. I think it's brilliant. I would love to do it. I can't right now. This is why. I'm not going to lose sight of it though. And I always make- That's the big part. Yeah. I'll always make notes for myself. Uh, what's important to people, what their paradigms are, you it's know, because I understand we're not the same and no two humans are. And if this is like even something that's upsetting you, sometimes as leaders will be like, this is like, this isn't a big deal. What are you talking like? Because mm -hmm. we have so much going on. Oh, gosh. But it, to them, it is a big deal. Yep. So it's it's very constant focus on my part to make sure they have their voice, they're validated. And we're not just listening and not making changes because I think that change management, whatever you want, it happens way too often to where people will hear you out and then they just won't actually do anything with that information. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think what's cool is like there's a lot of clues to people that are um, becoming replaceable to be promotable. One of the things that I think really stand out is when people are getting self-education I love it when someone's like, hey, Ryan, um, I'd love to take a course on Excel. It's $189. It's this online thing. I'm like, done. Yeah. It's so crazy when people start reading and doing more. Like you said, you can't mm -hmm. want it for them. It's one thing to assign someone a course. Yeah. And then they begrudgingly do it. Yeah. Because, and it's another thing when they're reaching for more. And that's what I've, I mean, the whole thread, when I look at all the people in this company over the last 20 years that have, risen up, they're committed to education outside of work. Yeah, They're committed to getting better, learning more. It is absolutely insane. And that's where I think, you know, um, and they're also, they don't take credit for everything. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that they're, they're really big on giving props to their team. And I think it comes back to what you said earlier. A lot of people want to keep their team down. Yeah. Team might have a great idea, but when they go into the boardroom, yeah. they're like, yeah, you know what I just thought of? Yeah. And it's like, and, and now, I mean, you kind of hit it earlier. The opposite of that is when you clutch it and you're like, this is, this is my thing and I'm not sharing. Yeah. That's all you'll ever have. Yeah. You might be awesome. Mm -hmm. You might've been the best onboarder ever. Yeah. But if you're like, I'm not showing anyone how to do this because then I don't have a job. It's like, Great. Well, we could have forwarded three years and you'd still be in that. Yeah. You'd still have that yeah. because you were good at it. Yeah. And it would be my security, but you're, but you're right. It really is. Um, it comes down to understanding that. And, and just, I ask everyone here, what do you want to take? Go out and find some certifications, come sell me on something because we do, we do invest a lot in education here because we understand everyone's a well, right? And if I'm not constantly filling my well, you talk about this, then I'm going to run out eventually. I'm not in the business of running out. And I tell <laughs> all of my employees, bring me something. And I see the ones that do, and I see the ones that don't. Yep. And it is one of those, like, if I tell you about a book, and the next time we meet a couple of weeks, I ask you, how's that book going? Oh, I haven't started it yet. Okay. I ask you in another couple of weeks, how's that book? Oh, you know, I only got through a chapter. Okay. I'm not going to ask again. Yeah. Because it's not my business to. I have enough going on to where if you want to put in your work, I will 100%. I'll give you more than the work you're putting in on my end because you deserve yeah. that. And, oh yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. The, the replaceable aspect, you know, to talk more about that is like, I understood when I was leaving the onboarding because we hired Caitlin in and she was freaking awesome. She's still here, right? Like great, amazing. Even what she took with that department and did once I was out, like amazing. But I understood the replaceable to be promotable aspect is just as important. So what ended up happening there was, I started putting things together because I've never really had the privilege in life of, uh, or in my career of going into a job with almost, um, it was like a, a, a preset position. Mm -hmm. Any job I ever went into, I either kind of had to create the lane and go into that job and create that job. Or I went into a job that existed, but it wasn't operating the right way. Okay. I never had the, like, just go in, here's your handbook and you're good. You know, now that's fine for me. Like I enjoy that because I got to again figure all these things out. But when Caitlin came in and then we hired like four other onboarders, because I think I was told like, oh, it's gonna be like 20 in the first year is what we were guessing. <laughs> we did 87 locations in seven months we onboarded. That was crazy. Right. So it was literally like, oh man, we needed this to be detailed out. Every time someone ran through, we adjusted the board, made it tighter. But when Caitlin came in and every other onboarder after me, they had their Bible. 
of what's expected of you. I literally would draw, I would write out email templates, right? So that literally, if you're going to connect someone with a vendor, just plug in the franchisee name and location, email it. Awesome. It was starting a new job is scary enough to me. Anyone that says that it's not like, I don't know. Fine. They're crazy. It's nerve wracking. Yeah. It's weird. You're coming in. You don't know anyone. Like I have to like prove myself. Like I said, I was with the Bane mask for a month in an unfurnished office by myself and like awesome. a desk. <laughs> but I knew like whoever came in after me, my job as their leader is going to be to take as much of that stress and that thinking off of them. So that, I mean, I, I literally like, I would shoot videos using software that we use, showing them how to create a new account, showing them how to, so anything they needed, they had their board of all the tasks that needed to get completed for them to onboard and a board showing them how to complete each task down to the goal of the trained monkey being able to do it. That was always my mentality. And that was for two reasons. Like I said, starting a job is nerve wracking enough. I need you to be able to go in there and feel like, you know what? All these things came up. I have every answer right That's here. Awesome. The second part was for me. The second part was if you're coming to me and, and we've seen it and you know what you guys have probably even seen it in this company. If you're coming to me three months later asking me questions mm -hmm. about onboarding, I didn't do my job. I didn't yeah. give you what you deserved as an employee. I'm very, very cognizant and aware too, going back to like the, the recruiting, the, the vision, all of our, all of our employees are volunteers here paid or not. Right. Like we need to understand that. They all and chose us at one point. They all chose us and they don't have to stay here. Yep. You know, so that's kind of the replaceable aspect is always like, if I am moving on, then whoever re replaces me, they deserve mm -hmm. to have everything they need down to the T. Now questions will obviously come up, yeah. but everything else, like you're not going to come up to me and be asking me general questions. Cause I yep. wanted to make sure you were taken care of. And I know you want to read that real quick, but to really know if you're replaceable, it's when you've moved on, if everything falls apart, then you weren't mm -hmm. replaceable. Like, you know, people have this idea of like, when they move on, they almost want things to not go well. So they're more appreciated. Yeah. Right. They're like, yeah. look, when I was the field <coughs> supervisor, you yeah. know, you almost don't want your replacement to do as well because yeah. you know, your own ego, you yeah. want that people to go, wow, you were really good. But that's the whole key Yeah, is that, when you moved on, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, it didn't. It got better. Yeah. And that, I, I believe, is the true sign of a good leader, somebody who's truly replaceable to be promotable, is when it actually gets better yes. when they move on, mm -hmm. up, or over, or out. Yeah. I, Sounds I like a Confucius saying of when the student surpasses the teacher, the teacher. I've never like, heard that. It sounds terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> 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 I, I think you're right though. I, but, uh, you want them to do better because they should take all the knowledge you gained and then they should yeah. be able to put their own knowledge into it. Oh, right. Like be, be right. creative, but it's like ping pong too. Cause your cascading <laughs> vision is the beginning of it. When you get somebody who's coming onto your team that you really want, and then you're giving them the tools that they need. Right. Mm -hmm. So the tools that they need, but at some point their motivation, inspiration may wane a little bit to where you have to bring them back up. And that's yeah. the part of the support that we need to bring in whatever department or whatever we're in charge of or ahead of, um, whether it's the field in this business or sales back office. And so, you know, knowing when to do that and timing is important. And, uh, so Mary and all, Mario and I sit down on a meeting together every week, um, with a team and, uh, you know, this, this is an example of one of those text messages that if you're doing a good job of yeah. cascading vision and giving people the tools that they need, then you're going to get communication back mm -hmm. from those people. That's super positive. And here's just an example of one that happened to me this week. And Mario, um, after we did a sales meeting together, said this this was a lot of great topics and eye-opening info. Definitely have some great info to process. I downloaded Who Not How and started that Audible, and something has already stuck out to me in the book, LOL. Lack of commitment to results and paying more attention to the effort and time. It goes back to setting goals for myself, but at the same time knowing that no one achieves things alone. You have to have the who's, not the how, uh, which I think this goes right along with uh, obviously being replaceable to, to, to be promotable. Um, 
thanks for that recommendation, Ken. So I recommended a book, right? So yeah. talking about giving the tools, right? Yeah. After you cascade vision into people, now you have to give them the tools and the mm -hmm. ammo they need to go out there and win the these these battles that they face yeah. in, in business, right? So so at the end of the year, you can win the war, which is crushing your goal, yeah. right? And um and and and, I, and and then they wrote, I know I'm going to enjoy that book. And then they also thank Mario for being raw and honest, as you said, when we sugarcoat. We are hindering the growth of the business and ourselves personally. So thank you for the advice. Definitely a lot to deserve. Happy uh, that you guys shared that with us. So, you know, that's just like, that's the testimonials that you want to hear too, to know that you're as a leader are uh, doing the things that you need to do to make sure people are in a place to be doing the whole uh, becoming replaceable to promote promotable because then they're going to pass that same information on to the next people because you are willing to do it so uh, graciously to that for them. Yeah. Uh, right. So yeah. no, I, I agree. And there's no, there's no, to me, there's no better feeling than seeing people like thrive and yeah. to grow and stuff. Awesome. And I, I'm not just here to like, I won't just pitch a new position for myself, right? Like if I'm coming at you with a position, I believe in it. And my job is to then sell you guys as to why it's important. But I've never, and I think at this time we have the trust at this point to where I'm not going to recommend it, any new position as I look at our org chart. And I think one, three, five years, you know, um, without fully believing in it and then selling you at it. And I'm not the guy that was ever just like, uh, we need this. I was always the guy that maybe took on too much to begin with mm -hmm. and then figured it out too. So, uh, but I, I think what you said, like that text, like, man, that's like, that's the bet. And it goes back to what you said. I don't need credit. I don't need, I got more than enough. I believe in myself. I think I've proved myself more than enough. I don't need credit. Mm -hmm. Other people that are coming up that maybe don't get to be in everyone's eyes all the time. Yep. They need the credit. Yep. So, and then in the end, I don't even care if I pitch an idea and it ends up I getting credit or not because the company's moving in the right direction. Yep. And that's what like leadership should be like understanding is like, it's fine. I don't need that credit. I believe I have my merits, but we're moving in the right direction. And with that's us, awesome. so that's a good segue right there. What's your vision for the progression of the, you know, your personal vision for the future uh, within this brand and your own personal development? Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So um, my vision for this company is that we become the biggest gutter company in the world and not just like, you know, which I think we might be because I think we're the only company that does like installs, but like we have so much more to go. We haven't even scratched the surface of what we currently have. So we're going to dive deep into that. And then we're also going to continue to grow and, and take over the world, right? Pinky in the brain, right? <laughs> <That's it. laughs> um, you know, so, and as that goes, like for myself, I want to just continually I think I've positioned myself into a good spot here. I want to continue. I want to continue to grow. I want to be involved in other brands and things like that. But more so, I also want all of our people here to grow. And the bigger we get, the more opportunity for promotion and growth oh, there is. And that's what huge. I constantly try to run home. Like if we're not all working in unison of each other, or if one of our departments is going against the current and we're all, all the other ones are going that way, we'll never be as great as we could be. We'll be great. But we'll never be as great as we could be. And we have a responsibility to everyone that wants to work here. We have a responsibility to make sure that they have that path. There's a reason our turnover is low, right? Because we take care of people and we deliver on what we promise. But so for me personally, like, yeah, you know what? I'd love to eventually be a brand president. I'd love to go on beyond that. I'd love to be involved in portfolios. I'd love to do my own consulting. I'd love to, you know, own my own businesses. There's, there's nothing off the table for me. Awesome. Um, but it really is being here with you guys. Like we're going to take over the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> one like gutter at a time. one gutter at a time. You better believe it because we have the team and we have the systems and we have the mentality. And most of all, most important of all to me, we have the heart. Um, I good. think that's the heart and the culture. If our heart, if our, I always say culture plus Y equals success. Mm. So if we have that heart and we have that culture and we just, give the education aspect to why to everybody, to all of our people, we're going to succeed and we're going to, we got a lot more damage in this world to do good damage. <laughs> there we go. I love I it. I love it. I, I can't help, but you, you picture the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about replaceable to be promotable. And it, it, it makes me think of the people that are doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. So what is the opposite? When you say that's, that's not my job. Yeah. When you treat your job, 
literally nine to five clock out. I'm done. I'm out. I'm, I'm off. And I think while I, I get why some people do that, but you're only hurting yourself. How do you get ready for the next thing? And it just hits me like hard. If you only ever do your job, that's all you'll ever have, right? It's always the person that gives more that gets more. And the thing is that most people don't realize it's never instant. You don't knock it out of the park one week and get a promotion. You don't say yes one time and take on an extra thing and go home and tell your wife, like, this is it. I said, yes, I'll handle that conference committee thing. And now, you know, they're going to see it. It's, it's not, it, it's always fast in hindsight, in hindsight, but never when you're going through it. Yeah. You know, when you think, wow, I've been here for three years and I went from here to here to here. But in the moment, it's like, it could take months before people notice. And I've, I've felt bad about it. I'm like, wow, holy cow. Like they've been doing so much more for a long time. And I'm kind of now starting to notice. So, um, I just encourage anybody, like if you have a, that's not my job mentality that I just, you know, clock, they don't pay me to think outside of work. You're out of your mind. And I don't expect people to work outside of work, but how awesome when people go home and they fuel their passion, if you're in marketing or in onboarding or recruiting, and you're not going and finding resources to make you better than, then it's your fault. And I would challenge most people that if they have that kind of mentality that you just described, they're probably not doing what they were meant to do with their life. Oh, they're, they're missing they're, everything. They're, they're missing the boat. They're, they're not in a job or a business or whatever that they're doing that, that was destined for them to do. Yeah. They're, they're in the wrong place because when you're in the right place, you want to, you're always going to give more value than you receive in amount of, you know, cash. Um, and, and, and the cash will come. It will. I mean, it will, but value always comes first. You know, always. and it always has, even in sports, I, the hard work that I had to put in to be better at a certain move on the football field or uh, as certain drills that I had to do, a uh, certain amount of time that I had to work out and, and level of workouts that I had to put in to be able to jump further, jump higher, catch better. All those things took work. Right. And, and, and tons of repetition, but I loved it. And because I loved it, I ended up getting to be uh, at a level uh, to where I could be an elite athlete. Right. But I didn't become an elite athlete when I first walked onto the field. No, you got to put in the work. And, and, you know, there's very Mm -hmm. few people that just can do that in, in life and just have the natural ability that we hear about. But Nine times out of 10, the person with natural ability is going to be passed up by the person who has the passion and the enthusiasm to work and put the value in before they get paid. And that's what I think people lose sight of. It's, it's, not, it's not easy, but it is simple. Yeah. Because if you look at people who have success and you follow the same model and road and path of hard work that it takes to get there, then yeah, you'll be a success too. But if you have that kind of mindset, you're not in the right place. No. You got to find a different job or a different business yeah. or whatever. Something, some damage. And I think you, you said it right there. Like, again, it comes back to there's the knowing and then the doing. And the place, I'll say 90 something percent of the people fail is in the doing part. Because you know what? You have to just do the work. There's certain things like almost everything that's worth it sucks in the beginning. You have to like like that first step, though that first climb up the mountain, like the first couple, it sucks a lot of time. Well, that's because with the no, people, a lot of people know. And then the do is here. And there's this big chasm that they have to cross to To do whatever it is that they have to get there to do it. And it takes so much. And and some people are, it's just daunting for some people. And they just... Um, they, they don't have the energy, they don't have the motivation, whatever it is. But, mm. you know, if you don't, then you're probably not, whatever you know is yeah. and, and you need to do is probably not the right yeah. path for you. Well, yeah, you're yeah. clearly not energized enough. And at the end yeah. of the day, it does fall on you, what you do. With you. It. And like you yeah. said, uh, you know, you're guaranteeing if your mentality is of, I'm not going to take more on, or if they're going to do that, I need to be paid more. You're going to, you're guaranteeing you'll never be as great as you could be. And that's Absolutely. just what it ends up coming down to. And it, You'll never be that great. And it is a shame if you're in a job where they're not noticing, but you're still hurting yourself if you don't do more. Yeah. Right? Because let's just say you're in a dead-end job, your bosses don't notice you, Mm -hmm. but you're trying to get better. You're pitching ideas. You're educating yourself. The worst thing that can happen to you is you go get a different job where they do and you move up. 
most people that have a, that's not my job mentality. The only thing they ever do is when they switch jobs is they go lateral. Yeah, It's like, well, I'm mm -hmm. making this much a year and they take a lateral spot yeah. and then they just stay on the cliff of complacency and they get unhappy, but they only move sideways. Yeah. If you were investing in yourself, if you had to move out of a company because there's nowhere to go, at least you can go move up. Yeah. Um, so I actually had a little bit of an epiphany of why is it that certain leaders are like, you know, you your staff is reading books and and, and we've had a great culture of, of learning and people doing more. And it hit me. When you cast vision into somebody, when you're inspired, when we go to a seminar and I'm loving it and I'm writing notes and someone's like, and they name a book. I write the book down and then go order it, right? But if somebody just said, Ryan, you really suck at your job and you need to read this book. Yeah. Like, where is my motive? Like, it's so funny that vision gives you the credibility and then people take action. And like, I don't know, it just was like very simple. Like, why is it that when Ken gets up in front of our team and, and speaks that people are like, wow, that was awesome. I really enjoyed that. And they go do something. They they immediately download a book. Yeah, yeah, that's like amazing. it's because they were inspired. You took the time to invest in them, mm -hmm. and so that was kind of fun for me just now. Um, so those are, I mean, we we've hit a lot. Um, I have another saying: when somebody gets hired, your number one job is to become overqualified for your current mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. Just a longer way to say replaceable to be promotable. But yeah. so many people stay, go get overqualified, make me nervous. I'm going to lose you. Yeah. Like what Peter Awando did to us years ago. I mean, yeah, he has yeah. an NBA, uh, not an mm. NBA, an MBA. Um, I mean, the guy was more educated than all of us combined. Yeah. And I'm, we're like, we're not growing fast enough. We're going to lose this guy. So when you are becoming overqualified, it actually puts pressure on the organization to grow. Cause sometimes as owners, mm. we can get complacent. Like, oh, things are good. We got time. It's like, yeah. no, it's never, we got to continue to grow because I don't want to lose Brandon. I don't want to lose Steve. Uh, I don't want to lose Kevin. Like I have all these people and I'm like, we got to continue to go because if they're, if we're dreaming bigger, they're dreaming bigger. And if Ken's going to be in a room with someone, he's going to tell them something crazy that yeah. they can do. <laughs> so we're going to have to continue to grow the company. So yeah. I, I love this topic. We don't have time to go into it, but it is literally how Ken and I are here. He had to replace himself to get promoted. I had to do it over and over and over. I cannot even count the amount of promotions we've had. Right. Um, and, and I hope everyone got that today. Yeah. Just go for it. Thanks for being on the show, Brandon. And thanks for everybody who's going to be listening to this. And that's why we call it Grow With The Bros. Grow With The Bros. Thank you for having me, guys. This was awesome. Absolutely. All right.